Hello and welcome to the Backyard PA Football Podcast. I am Nathan Grella. I'm Miller I- Jeremiah. I'm Carter Newcomb. And uh, we are back and ready for action. We did a little bit of a preview last podcast, or two podcasts ago, geez, um, with Carter, but we never really had a chance to introduce himself, so we're going to give no that... There's no reason to. Oh my goodness. <laughs> the disrespect coming already from Jeremiah. Hey, let's restart this. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, no, no, I'm, no, 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 no. I like this. No, yeah, re- this, I, this is more fun. We got a little bit of a conversational <laughs> aspect to it. No, we got to restart Jeremiah this. Jeremiah will go at each other. That's that's really all the more you need to know about me is that I will go against Jay. I will go against Grells. It's going to be a fun podcast. I think, I think I like this setup a lot better. We just agree to disagree on just about everything, so... <sighs> All right, let's uh, roll into this a little bit more. Um, Carter is from Punxsutawney uh, and played for the Chucks for how long did you play there, all four years? I did not, actually. I only played my junior and senior year. Uh, I played my freshman year. We had a a ninth grade team. We were absolutely trash, and then I was just like, (laughs) I don't want to do this, and I didn't want to deal with it anymore, and then I missed it, and I came back my junior and senior year. We were okay. We were still pretty trash, but, like, we were competitive. So, I mean, that was fun. But then I somehow found my way down here in the middle of, you know, Green County. So the rest is history, I guess. Yeah, if you were so bad, how did you get recruited to a Division three? I mean, I wasn't – I'm not going to say I was great, but I definitely wasn't, you know, awful. I mean, I led the team in receptions and yards. Well, just at every single receiving category my senior year. But um, that's a large shout-out to my quarterback, Dylan Ishman. I know he's not listening, but that's a shout-out. That's a District 10, right? District 9. District 9. The worst district in Pennsylvania. There's like 25 schools. It's in the middle of nowhere. They're um, like, all right, obviously I come from State College, and there's like, there's not a lot of districts that are in like 6A, so I'm mm-hmm. not really familiar with a lot of those, and District 9 is one of those. Oh, yeah, like so, District 9, I think we have like most of like all but like six or seven schools probably are all like 3A or below, and there's only like, I think there's only 25 schools in the district that carry a football program. So, yeah. yeah. Low numbers in District 9. Yeah. Not a lot of towns up there either. Punks no, like, kind of- that's the thing, too, is, like, most of the town, like, there's not, like, more than one, like, school per town. Like, like Pittsburgh, like, there's schools in, like, 10 mi- minutes of each other, right? And down in, or not down, up in Punxsutawney, like, each town has their high school, and that's about it. Like, I went to Punxsutawney Area High School. I didn't even live in Punxsutawney. I lived in the area of Punxsutawney, so I went to Punxsutawney Area. All right. Well, the Whitfield's the best. Yeah, I'm not disagreeing with you. Yeah, the Whitfield is a great conference, and you want to talk up some Whitfield football here for the next... Yeah, I'll, I'll, I, I can do that. I know. Hopefully, you guys aren't hoping it's an hour because the Steelers I got game the, is yeah, I got the yeah. Steelers to watch. I'm out of here at 7 o'clock at the latest. <laughs> All right, well, we'll try to run through this a little bit quicker then for you, for your guys' sake and probably for the sake of our viewers because they don't want to hear us blabble on about high school football. Whitfield football is interesting, but not that interesting, girls. I think it's very interesting. I could talk about it for an hour. But oh, I know. Obviously, you guys <laughs> we have aren't before, interested in that. We have, we have before Grell. <laughs> we have before Grell, so I mean. That is true. Our last, our last podcast went almost an hour, so. Um, you guys want to jump into previews of this week's matchups? Why not? Let's go. 
All right. The Probably the biggest game on the slate is going to be West Green in California. Uh, California is at home, and they open as nine-point favorites. Probably a little bit on the strong end for California, considering West Green's dominating performance over Mapletown. Uh, let's hear you guys talk about this one. You know, Which players are going to step up in this one? Um, I don't think either of you guys were at the uh, California-Bentworth game last weekend, but still a big, strong matchup between these two 1A teams, and whoever wins this game is probably going to have control of their own destiny in the Tri-County South. So, Jeremiah, let's hear you first on this one. Uh, yeah, you know, West Green dominated Mapletown as we thought. You know, Mapletown, as we've said before, is bad, uh, very bad, uh, but they're in the rebuilding stages still, too. Um, California, you know, I thought they should have beaten Bentworth by more than 20. Uh, they got the help with a couple second-half pick-sixes um, to get that score. Uh, but um, I think the two big key players for this week when we look at West Green and Cal, for West Green, I think it's going to be Corey Wise. Um, Corey Wise had 12 carries, 150-plus yards, and two touchdowns against Mapletown. Uh, he's going to have to t- carry the ball a little more than 12 yard, or 12 carries against this Cal team. Um, and then the other key for Cal is uh, Damani Stafford, as I think it's going to be um, every game throughout this season for the Trojans. I, I think Damani's going to have to be their workhorse, per se, uh, not only this season, but next season. Um, so it's going to be a really great game, and I look forward to covering that, especially since uh, uh, you know the game involves my uh, alma mater, so that's always cool. Uh, I mean, I don't, to be honest with you, I don't know a heck of a lot about either one of these teams. I've seen West Green play a few times. Obviously, that was the uh, Ben Jackson West Green Pioneers, so the team's obviously changed a lot since then. Um, but what I do know is that they like to run the football, and I think if you can you know, control the line of scrimmage, then you know I think they have a chance against anyone in this conference, especially Cal. Yeah, you just hit on it, you know. I think the big aspect of differences between these two teams is going to be West Green's, you know, offensive line. I think they're just a touch stronger, even though they graduated three starters from last year. Um, that's going to be huge. Um, I forget the name of the center who's back for West Green. And I, it's it's not Corey Wise. Um, and obviously Jeremiah is is going to yell at me for forgetting this, but you know, it's, you know, it's not me. I was there for three years, so but it's not <laughs> me. I can confirm that. But you know, having him back there um, on the line is a huge help. And we talked. They got a new center. They actually, not to interrupt you, but they got a new center. So freshman. No, actually, they've just been they just been moving the line around a lot. So I'm honest, be honest with you, I'm not sure if the same line we saw against Mapletown will be the same as Cal. And for the following week of the rest of the season, you know, Coach Hanson's been mixing it up for personnel of uh, other teams and whatnot. So, uh, you know, you might see a little different line week in and week out for the Pioneers throughout the rest of the season. Uh, Casey Miller is the name that was on the tip of my tongue that I could not get. Um, But, you know, we've talked about Cal's offensive and defensive line, you know, struggles. And Benworth is a team that that's not really going to show up against. Uh, but I'd be interested to see against West Green if that's still true. If Damani Stafford is still able to create, you know, opportunities with his legs, you know, behind it, behind uh, offensive and defensive lines that are n- that are not experienced and not as experienced as he had last year. Um, and even last year's game uh, didn't work out so well for Cal. So uh, we'll see. But you know, how big of a factor we've talked about? We talked about Cal's defense on Saturday. 
how strong they were against Bentworth, two pick sixes. Um, how big is that going to be for them against West Green and a newer quarterback in either Wesley Wipke or Nathan Orndoff? Oh, I mean, that's going to be huge. Uh, there's no question about that. You know, especially if, you know, Orndoff has a little bit of experience from last season. Uh, we saw Wesley Whipke play the whole game on uh, a quarterback for the Pioneers and actually threw a touchdown pass to Orndoff. So, but, uh, you know, the big thing for Cal is, you know, they're going to have to put pressure on Whipke early and often. Uh, but also, you know, the West Green's not going to throw the ball 20 times a game, let alone 10. So, you know, the Cal's just got to, you know, stay, um, stay in position, you know, uh, clog up the holes on the D-line and let the athletes in the back, you know, make all the plays on defense to stop the uh, Pioneer run game. And then, as you've mentioned, Corey Wise and how dynamic he is in the backfield. Um, he's just a different type of runner than Ben Jackson is. He's much more strong and, you know, down the middle type runner that we see a lot in the Tri-County South. And a Cal team that's pretty light, you know, Ethan Fike down the middle might be the only linebacker that's going to be able to stop him. Is there anyone else that you've looked at at Cal that is going to be able to stop that type of de- that type of runner that uh, Corey Wise is from West Green? Uh, yeah, you know, just gang tackling, you know, kind of like what McGuffey did with Andre Porter, you know, not one defender's not going to break down Andre Porter. Now, obviously, Andre Porter and Corey Wise are two different, uh, you know, monsters per se. Uh, you know, <laughs> Porter goes about 6'3", 280. Corey Wise does definitely not 280 pounds. Uh, but, um, you know, I think, I think, you know, gang tackling for Cal is going to be huge. Uh, you know, Cal's definitely got the speed to run him down, um, as far as like Jaden Zuzak, Damani Stafford and Fike. But, uh, yeah, you know, I, I think, uh, as far as, you know, they're just going to have to, it's going to take more than one person to bring down wise, but you know, that's, that's normal per se in a game of football. You know, there's not a lot of one-on-one tackles. All right, and what do you say? Let's guys, let's pick this game, guys. Um, I will go first here. I think that at a nine-point spread, that's a little bit too wide of a margin for Cal. Um, I'm going to go with the under, but I still think they'll pull up a win here, maybe a little bit closer of a game heading into the fourth quarter. Maybe West Green is leading at some points, um, but I think Cal pulls away with like a, probably like a five- or four-point victory in this one. Uh, Jeremiah, I'll let you go next. Yeah, this one hurts uh, for me, but uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go over, but not by much. I think Cal wins by two touchdowns. I think they pull away late. And that hurts me to say, but uh, I want to be right, so I'm gonna take Cal by two touchdowns. Well, to quote one of my favorite analysts in college football history Lee Corso not so fast I'm taking the pioneers outright oh my goodness I think I'm gonna t- I'm gonna take an upset this is a big test for them they're gonna be pumped up heading up there to Cal I think they'll get it done I think they'll win late in this game give me the veteran offensive line give me wise all over Cal Jeremiah what's your reaction to that you know you didn't have the guts to pick out your own alma mater, and Carter pulls up and picks the under and wins. Well, I don't do want to know. jinx them. I don't want to jinx them. Like, I feel like I have that much power with this podcast that I jinx teams. I did well, it to Wash High on Friday, so I'm going. I'm, I'm, I got West Green in my heart, but I'm not going to pick them on here. But 
you know, well, wink, wink, I, I am, but I'm not. Makes sense. Well, little does uh, Nathan know. Now, obviously, Jay, you know this. Um, West Green's my second alma mater. Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> we've been over this. Like, Jay knows this, you know. I have I have just as many West Green shirts in my closet as I do Punxsutawney shirts, so <laughs> I consider myself a, a, tran- or a, a graduate transfer uh, at West Green. So uh, I'm gonna t- I'm gonna take my alma mater because you know honestly my high school didn't even have an alma mater. So go Nears, baby, Dub G. All right, um, that don't be that'll be a fun game, uh, Jeremiah. You'll be there along with Joe Venzel, who's covering his first game for us. Um, that the and you can find those tweets from Jeremiah at Miller underscore J sixty six. J A Y J A Y sixty six. Exactly. Um <laughs> Well, I was just spelling it out. It's not just J, it's yeah. J-A-Y. <laughs> okay, let's move on to Ligonier Valley at Fraser, which um would be the game of the week if there wasn't a renewal of a I sixty nine. I did that nice. again. It's literally, I mean, it's literally the logo of our podcast. And I'm literally nice. wearing it on no, my shirt and right my there. hat, and it's right next to it's us. It's right next That's... to you. Nice, girls. <laughs> it's nice. I, mean, I like the effort to crack a joke, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Renewal I-79 rivalry, that's our game of the week. But second place, Ligonier Valley at Frazier. Frazier, 34-zip over Charleroi. Ligonier Valley struggling against Apollo Ridge last week to even score points. Ligonier Valley opens as a 6.5-point favorite on the road. Uh, Frazier coming in hot. Braden Boggs coming in hot, our amigo of the week last week. Um, Your amigo of the week, <laughs> not mine. Still, I look, you didn't see it, Jay, but I looked. At, I looked at him and I gave him this look. I said, "Oh, Braden Boggs, girls' favorite player." Actually, that'd be Kenny Fine. Kenny Fine's your favorite player. We yes. can't have favorites. We have to be neutral. I'm still partial to the Fraser Commodores. Oh my goodness, corrupt! Like literally, my alma mater is who we cover, and I just pick Cal. Against them. Well, listen. If if West Green's my honorary uh, alma mater, then I think Grells is this Frazier. Probably, honestly. But either way, this is a huge game for both teams. Obviously, Ligonier Valley trying to get off the wagon as far as the losing last week to a team they probably should have beaten. They were much more favored against than Frazier. Much different coming in red hot. Is this Frazier's moment to put up or shut up? To, to put their money where their mouth is heading into two weeks from now in a away game at McGuffey that could decide who has um, their say in the century? Yeah, you know, this definitely will show. Um, this will definitely show if they're ready to contend right now. Um, obviously, a great performance against Charleroi, a bad Charleroi team. Um, but. If they have another strong performance against Ligonier Valley, who struggled early and often against Apollo Ridge, and they go in uh, to Claysville 2-0, and and then that just happens to be for the Century Conference, um, or at least to be atop the Century Conference right now, yeah, that's a big game for Frazier. Uh, this weekend's a big deal, uh, but, you know, not as big as two weeks from now. Well, not even now, but, you know, that's a big matchup coming in in Claysville. So, uh, yeah, uh, look for Boggs, your boy, to have a big game again. And, uh, yeah, the uh, Commodores to uh, – I think they win this one pretty easily, but uh, I won't give my over-under yet. I I would say it's it's probably a put-up-or-shut-up game. But, I mean – 
I just looked over at the Ligonier Valley roster. I mean, I, I, I kind of have some familiarity with this program. Um, I had an ex-girlfriend who went to this school, so I saw a lot of their <laughs> games. Um, but that was a couple of years ago, you know. And good good was, source. That's most, a good source. Yeah, no, I, I've, I've seen them a couple times. You know, I've talked what, to their head your, coach. Your Roger ex-girlfriend Bidel. or Ligonier Valley football? What do you mean? I thought you said you seen them a couple times. Oh, both. Um, oh. <laughs> I've been to a couple of their games, but like as high school kids do, a lot of players graduate. Um, I, they had three Division One offensive and defensive linemen graduate this last year. Um, I look over at the roster, according to Max, Max Preps, which you can take that with a grain of salt. Yeah, um, Max Preps. They, uh, they only have one senior on the, the football team. They had a, uh, they had, but they they had a pretty official. They had statistics from the game against Apollo Ridge. Um, they had a sophomore qu- quarterback. Um, so I'm not going to say this is going to be the game that you're going to look back, you know, in Frazier's season if they were on to go and you know make a run at the century. I don't think this is a game where you're like, oh, this is where it changed. Uh, you know, I think that game's still to come. But you know, this is definitely a, a statement win. And I could really, you know, say, hey, look, this is the whoopee and we don't want Ligonier in this. I mean, historically, even in the last five years, Ligonier has been up there as far as 2A going, you know, oh. making a threat to Hershey. Yes. Going to Hershey. They so. they uh, they only lost to Julian Fleming by four points in the state semis a couple of years ago, 31-27. So, and you look at Frazier the last couple of years, and that has not been the case. So no. even, even when you're looking at, you know, program um, – Strength. This is huge for Frazier as far as making a statement across 2A and even the state. So uh, let's make our pick here. Six and a half point favorites for Ligonier Valley. Uh, I'm going with my heart and not my head on this one. I think Frazier gets the under and win. Jeremiah. Yeah, Frazier under, win, no doubt. Braden Boggs shows out. That rhymed a little. I think it did. I don't know. I'll have to go back and listen to this later. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna go to go with Frazier as well. Um I think they win this game outright. I just looking at Ligonier's team. You know, I know a lot of these guys. They've for the last couple of years they've had you know senior leadership and they've had you know big senior classes where they and a lot of these guys are getting their first taste of you know real high school football and it's in this you know odd sense where there's you know very little crowd, if any, at these you know at these fields and you know especially when you're playing new competition, you know. Jumping from the Heritage Conference to the Whoopiel is definitely going to be a wake-up call, especially when you're, you're a sophomore quarterback and you're starting running backs a junior. And you know, a lot of these guys haven't gotten a lot of varsity experience, so I think they have some time that they're going to need, you know, to prepare themselves for what they've, you know, you know, put themselves into. Yeah, definitely a huge game. Um, I bet you're excited to go to Frazier and see that one between these two teams. Hopefully it's I think you're more excited than I am, girls, for me to go cuz I know you want <laughs> you want to see how your boy is doing, you know, but I'm excited to go down there. I haven't been out, I've never been to Frazier. Um I'm sure it's a lovely place in Periopolis. I believe that's where it's at. Good nachos. Good nachos. I'll good have nachos. to give them a try. That's how I base stadiums around the Yes, it is. That's, that's very good. Stand. Carter and I were talking about that this weekend. We how I base food WPIL schools and stadiums off concession. Do do you take into consideration um seat comf- comfortability? Like when you're sitting down in the bleachers, like how comfortable the bleachers are. I mean, I mean do, no. No. Of, no, that's that's an underrated asset of a lot of you know. Stadiums. I'm usually standing on the sideline, so I don't pay attention to that, obviously. But 
No, concession's a big one for me. I mean, that's something we really don't experience anymore as reporters, is getting to sit down on those hard metal bleachers every week um, as fans. But um, let's take a step here into the game of the week just for a second here. Uh, this is obviously going to be more retrospective on watching Watch High's loss to McGuffey because both of the, you guys there, and I'm intrigued to hear what you thought, Carter, because we heard Jeremiah's take Saturday morning, uh, but you were not on there, so I, I'm interested to see what you thought of that game. Um, but Wash High comes back home after a difficult loss to the McGuffey Highlanders, their first loss to them since 2009. Uh, They come home and they're facing an old rival in Waynesburg Central, the return of the I-79 rivalry. Uh, What was that, 79? 79. It wasn't 69, it was 79, right? It was 79, I-79. Nice that you got that just what were some of your takeaways, Carter, from that game against McGuffey? Um, some things with, that you saw from Watch High, Watch High side, and then if they can correct that heading into Waynesburg. Well, I mean, not not to pat myself on my back, but I, I kind of said, you know, last week is when we were there last. We were there in 2019 when they played each other, the last game of the regular season. They were sloppy with the football. They turned it over. And that kept McGuffey in the game for a long time. And I said last week is that if they keep themselves, if they can, you know, if if they're sloppy at the football and they keep McGuffey in it, with that triple option, they can keep themselves right there. And as me and Jay saw Friday night, they were sloppy with the football. They fumbled the ball a couple times. I think they only had two turnovers, but the ball was put on the turf a lot more than that. And, you know, that that's what happened on the uh, two-point conversion call. They, after they scored the, the t- which should, you know, could have been a game-tying touchdown to make it 7-6, to six, you know, it was a miscommunication. The ball was loose in the backfield. They didn't get the two-point conversion. Late in the game, even later, they drove down the field, and then they turned it over again on a fumble. You know, so those are the things that I said coming in that if they, you know, if they don't control the football, they can get themselves in trouble, and they didn't. And, you know, I thought, and that McGuffey controlled, for the most part, controlled the line of scrimmage, especially late in the game, because I thought that they wore down, you know, the wash high, you know, defensive line. You know, we were over there on the sideline, and a lot of those guys looked like they were pretty gassed. And when you can wear down a team like that, especially a team that's as big as wash high is up front, you know, that's that's really all what, ha- what it came down to, that and discipline on defense. And when you hear that, that's pretty worrisome if you're a wash high football fan. That's something that they haven't had you know, for years is that they've always been super experienced in the trenches and they've always had that kind of leadership. And to see that kind of falter, you know, with with big mistakes throughout the game is tough for them. Um, is that something that we can see kind of change heading into this big rivalry game here, Jeremiah? Well, yeah, you know, I know Mike Bosnick is definitely not going to want to have that same team that was in Claysville last Friday night. You know, he's going to run them. He's going to get them, you know, in better shape because, quite, quite frankly, as Carter just said, and I said Saturday, Wash High was gassed uh, early on against McGuffey. Get them in better shape. And I, I think it's going to show, you know, they're, we're, they're renewing this rivalry with Waynesburg Central. Uh, you know, this was a huge rivalry back in the day. Uh, you know, these two teams met in WPIO championships in the early 2000s, late 90s, and uh, consistently met in the WPIO playoffs as well as the regular season. So, you know, this is a big rivalry, 
and Washai at home. Waynesburg's kind of down after losing to Beth Center, as I thought they should have, that the game should have been Waynesburg's. Uh, you know, we're going to see a different Wash High team, and, you know, this will be a different Wash High team. I think this Wash High team will get better week in and week out as the season goes on. And, you know, if it all works out, you know, I, we might see a McGuffey-Wash High matchup in the WPL playoffs. But it's a little ways away from now. But I uh, I think we'll see a much improved Wash High team. And I think they'll put up more than six points against Waynesburg. Oh, I'm going to agree with you 100% on that. Um, I think this game, the McGuffey game, kind of is acts as you know a wake-up call. You know, this team has just you know just cruised through the century for the last how many years now? You know, almost without a bump in the road. This and, was that was their first conference loss since I believe 2012. Well, didn't they lose to Charleroi a couple of years ago? It kind of. <laughs> No, let's just sake of the year, they don't lose very much in the century. We'll put it that yeah. way. Especially that was okay. Yeah, they've lost. Okay, the they've lost two times in the last eight seasons in this conference. You're right. I did. Yeah, Charleroi put like 59 points on them. I forgot about that. But yeah, but yeah, this team doesn't lose much in conference, and uh, still that season they got a share of the conference championship. So you know, Wash High consistently is the dominant force in this conference. So. Yeah, um, to to see them lose week one was definitely uh, foreign for most people in this area. I think too what happened. What really, I kind of I think I honestly think that the scrimmage against Jefferson Morgan kind of hurt them. I mean, I know I they, agree. I I don't think that they looked at Jefferson Morgan and man, you know, this is going to be a real tough scrimmage. But I think what they saw, what they had, and DeAndre Porter, you know, running guys over left and right, you know, and they saw how how easy it was against Jefferson Morgan. I kind of felt like they were like, you know, let's. Like we're gonna cruise through this season. Like this is what we're like, you know. And then they come to McGuffey, and you know they're on the you know new turf. There's no one there. They go, oh, this should be a breeze, right? And you know it looked like that. The first couple of plays, it looked like they were gonna go right down the field, and then sloppiness killed them. They took some bad penalties. I think Bosnick had a person or had a um, he had an unsportsmanlike had an unsportsmanlike penalty. Um, they backed them up, and then they had a bad punt, which gave McGuffey the ball, I think, at like midfield. I mean, their uh, Fuse was a punter, I believe, and kicked it like 15 yards straight up into the air. So, you know, I, that, I think they came out a little flat, and then they were they were gassed within the first quarter. And another part of their game that Chase Johnson talked about to me and Jeremiah was that their the reliance on the run and how McGuffey was able to stop that. I think they threw something like four times in the entire game. Three. They were one. Fuse was one for three for fifteen yards. Exactly. So is that something that heading into Waynesburg they're going to even lean on more? They're going to they're and and you're looking at that backfield and you're saying there's four guys in back there that can break one. Are they going to are they going to take this game and the results from this game and move away from that and lean toward Devon, Devon Fuse, which personally I would not want to do, but could they see the results of this game and kind of move that toward that direction? I, I don't think they will. I think they'll, they'll stick with a run. Uh, I just think when you play against a team like McGuffey, think about this. McGuffey practices against the triple option every single day. What do you think they, they, they run? They only do all practice long as they run the ball against themselves. They're used to seeing the run. So I mean, naturally, when you when you see the the run that often, you know you're much you're much better you know react to it. So I think that definitely has a factor in it. But I think, you know, Wash or Waynesburg Central's defense is not on the level of McGuffey's. 
I, I think that they'll come out early and then they'll, they'll break a couple runs. Fuse will probably scramble and get himself some yards. Um, and, you know, Miller got a lot of big carries early in the first half. They didn't – Wash I kind of strung away from him. They – instead of, you know, you know, having – you know, rotating in and out, they kind of had like – like Miller had like the first quarter. Um, and then late in the game, uh, number eight, I forget his last name. Tayshawn Levy. Tayshawn Levy. He was the main ball carrier in the in the fourth quarter. And in between there, they had a couple of different backs in the second and third. Porter got some carries in the second and third. Fuse carried the ball a lot for them, a lot of design runs. So inst- instead of, you know, rotating their their steady of backs in the backfield, they kind of went quarter by quarter, it seemed. So I think in the Waynesburg Central game, they'll more by committee keep these guys fresh because they, they, were, they were gassed in that game. Yeah, I, I think Wash High just stays on the ground. Like you mentioned, they got those backs back there. And stick with them. Um, you know, even Fuse running the ball. But like, I, like you mentioned, they got Amari Miller to run the ball. They got Mike Allen, who had big game in the first half. Tayshawn Levy kind of took the lump of the load in the second half. And then big Andre Porter as well, just to name a few. So, no, I think I think Wash High will stay on the ground. And, uh, you know, Waynesburg defense, as Carter mentioned, isn't the same as McGuffey's. So uh, I look for look for big games from all four of those guys. And then let's pick this one here real quick before we move into more picks against the spread. Uh, I this is a twenty four point favorite game for Wash High, and I think they will win by probably you know twenty eight is probably a good margin. So I'm gonna go just slightly over on this one, uh, Jeremiah. Yeah, over. Whole different wash high team than what we saw last week. Oh, I, I'm gonna agree with you. I think this. I th- I would say I I'll give I'll give Waynesburg Central a touchdown. I I really hope that uh, you know I get to see the uh, the best kicker in the WPIAL one for one Chase Hankins. I really hope he gets out there to make an extra point. That is my um, son. Uh, I really hope he gets out there and make an I extra point in this game. That. So just for that reason, I'm going to say I'm going to give you a score too, Carlos. I'm going to say 42 to seven because Chase Hankins doesn't miss extra points. No, he doesn't. I raised him right. Oh, do you want me to write that one down? Yeah, write you? it down right now. All 42 right. to seven. Chase Hankins makes the extra point. 42 yeah, seven. Make sure you write down Hankins Hankins, Hankins extra Hankins, point. Yeah, Hankins extra point. Yes. H H E N K I N S. He didn't spell it right. It's okay. Okay. Also, the best three point shooter in the WPIL. Um, it's a little off topic, but you know he makes threes on the field and on the court. So kickers are people too. So we'll give them love. I just saw Ben Roethlisberger warming up. <laughs> All right, we we let's move along here because you guys are probably. Getting real excited for the start of Steelers. Yeah, I'm slowly losing focus. <laughs> yeah, just like I was excited to see Devontae Adams on my fantasy team tear up your Vikings girls. People are and my fantasy team. People are going to watch this podcast back and be sad because Saquon Barkley is going to get like 500 yards of rushing and and a Giants win and you, and everybody. I will hope just he be does because I because Carter see. and I Carter and I are really tight right now in our fantasy yeah, game. Yeah, like it's it's within two like we're both like it's like a two point differential right now. I never like projected to be within a point. He's got the Steelers D and the Saqu- and Saquon Barkley, which I think is going to hurt him in the down because if Saquon has a good game, Steelers defense has a bad game. But I have Juju and I have Chris the Boz Boswell. I haven't so. figured out though. 
Saquon can tear it up, but Minka Fitzpatrick has to have six pick sixes. Uh, <laughs> so you're and saying like that, you're saying like three rushing touchdowns and then like six interceptions for the Steelers? Uh, yeah, defense. yeah, yeah, yeah. Saquon can do good, <laughs> but Daniel Jones has to be awful. Okay. So well, well, I like my chances. Well, speaking of Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones and players of that caliber, let's move on to Jefferson Morgan out of Ella. What a great transition. Um, Jefferson Morgan, uh, seven-point favorites on the road against Avella. Avella's surprising win against Manesson. Um, I I don't want to pick Avella in this game. I, I think it's a little bit too early for me to hedge my bets on the Eagles, so I'm going to go with Jefferson Morgan with the over on the road. What's the spread again? Seven I didn't hear points. You say. Seven points. Seven points, Jefferson. I'm taking the under, and I'm taking the Eagles. They're starting off 2-0. and They pull off the upset. Go, Eagles. Go, Birds. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a Vela to win outright. I was going to say Jefferson Morgan. I don't think this game, like, if it was if it was seven points for a Vela's favor, I'd also take the under because I don't think either one of these teams can make an extra point. So like I think the final score will be six to nothing. <laughs> Check out the radio stream of this game. Brock Owens will be doing play by play up at Avella. Um, awesome, it'll go be, birds! It'll be, it'll be an interesting one. That's actually one of the more competitive games of this. You know, first team. Do we have score. anybody going to that? Uh, I think Brock. If I'm able to oh, convince you're him right. to you're write right. an article for that, but we won't have anybody live tweeting. So you're right. Brock is there. Go birds! First person. That seems to be like an overtime game in the NFL. First team to score a touchdown will win. You never know. Jefferson Morgan's defense could step up. <laughs> no, or so, offense. Could step up. We're gonna get really off topic real fast. I just have to bring this up. So I think my junior. Or it was. It was. It was a couple years ago in my high school. The two worst teams in District Nine. They played each other in the final week of the season. Both teams zero and nine, right? And me and my buddy, we we didn't study hall eighth period. We'd do some little predictions, right? And I said six nothing. They the one team was going to win, and as I didn't think either team was capable of scoring a touchdown. I think like combined for the year they had each had like under a hundred points if you added up both their point, total points. And well, little did I know that the final score of that game would be forty nine to forty two. How those that's more touchdowns than I think points than they scored all season long. But they scored it in the last you know way off topic. But I figured I'd just bring that up. Two awful football teams. I mean Jefferson Morgan going into this year, we were. You know, marginally high on until they lost Lee. I'm not high on. I saw them getting destroyed by Wash High, and I saw what they did last week. And I, I mean, just... in the trenches, they're not deep, but neither is Avella. So Jonathan you Wolf can see is a lot biggest of player. What do you say? I said Jonathan Wolf is their biggest player, and I mean he's in the backfield. So I mean, Logan Rhodes also is. Yeah, kind of I a... yeah, Logan is big. Never mind, Logan's the biggest guy. Sorry, Logan's my guy. But still, I mean, you could see a lot of you know the athletes of these two teams kind of just run all over. You know what? I hope I hope Jefferson Morgan proves me wrong because I'm going to have some – I don't know if anyone from there listens to this or not, but they're they're not going to be a big fan of me on my first show, me telling them I don't think they could score a touchdown. So um, let's get through this before I make too many more enemies. All right. Uh, Bentworth at Manesson. Manesson on the losing end of that Avella win and Bentworth on the losing end of California's win. Bentworth hitting the road as 22-point favorites. I like Bentworth in this one. I'm going to go with the over. They they really showed a lot of fire against California, especially in the first half. Second half, not so much. Those two pick sixes kind of took the air out of them. But I I like Bentworth to win by 
way over 22 in this. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think the best thing for Bellworth coaching staff to do is let Owen Patricic and Trent Kavanaugh run wild. Um, I like Benworth way over 22. I'm saying, like, you can mark it down, 48-6. to six. I will mark that down. Carter. Uh, I'm going to just... Bentworth gives the over. You know, we're going to throw scores out there. I'm going to say Bentworth covers the spread in the first quarter. Um, 22 to nothing at the end of the first quarter. Um, that's my prediction. I don't have a final score prediction. That's just what it's going to be at the end of the first quarter. Okay. <laughs> I will hold you guys to these really just if I'm, if I, predictions. If, like, if, right down for the Avella Jefferson Morgan game, 6 nothing Avella. Okay. <laughs> All right. I really uh, hope I'm right. Obviously, the max spread on these podcasts are 28 because I don't want to make schools feel bad and go over and put, like, 45 points on a team. Um, but Carmichael's is at home against Mapletown, and whatever the, whatever the spread is, I'm going with the over. Yeah, over Carmichael's. uh oh. They ran all over Jefferson. They'll do the same to the Maples. O-V-E-R. All right, and that's about all we're going to say about Carmichael's Mapletown before people get mad at us, mad at us even more from Mapletown. Uh, Charters Houston at Beth Center. Um, Charters Houston, 14 nothing at halftime against Yawk. That was a little bit of of surprise. Obviously, Yawk came out and won 29-6 or something like that. Beth Center beat Waynesburg. They're coming back home as 17-point favorites against the Bucks. I Colby Coons is really good, but Chargers Houston might have an all-right defense, so that's an interesting matchup to look at this weekend. Uh, but either way, I think Beth Center gets over 17 in their win this weekend. Uh, I disagree. Um, I think Beth Center still pulls away. Um, maybe 14 points, so I'm going to go under, and but I still I think Beth Center wins. Um, Char Houston just historically usually has a stronger defense, um, and yeah, I, I like I'm thinking like tw- I'm thinking like twenty eight fourteen Bulldogs, uh, basically just because of, uh, they have Blazeville Cross and Colby Coons, and that's why I picked them over Char Houston. Give me the under. Let's go Bucks. They're gonna make it a close game. Um, I'm I'm gonna say I'm gonna say a low-scoring high school football game. Give me like 22 to like 14. I think the matchup in the trenches there is going to be really intriguing because uh, we saw Beth Center really play well against Waynesburg strong defensive and offensive line, and I think Chargers Houston just isn't up to that. They're I don't think they're as good as Waynesburg Central as far as in the trenches. So uh, that's that's the main reason why I went over on that one. Um, McGuffey at Charleroi. Charleroi coming back home after not scoring a point against Frazier. And then McGuffey riding high after their big victory. Is this kind of a letdown look ahead for Mc- for Frazier next week for McGuffey? Or are they just going to continue to stay strong? They are 23-point favorites on the road, and I say they're going to stay strong against the Cougars with the over. Yeah, I think the triple option runs all over. Uh, Charleroi. Interesting to see if Nate Yagel plays this week for McGuffey. Uh, I know he went out with uh, an apparent lower body injury. I'm not going to specify because I'm not 100% sure. 
Um, he came out against Wash High and never went back in. So interesting to see his condition um, and what they do with him this week, if, if they even suit him up. So, uh, but with that being said, they'll they'll fill they'll put someone in his shoes, and I think it's a big game for um, Jared Johnson and McKinley Whipke back there. So McGuffey way over. Uh, I'm actually going to take the under here. This might sound a little controversial, but you know I think. I think McGuffey last week they they didn't. I mean, obviously Charleroi and Wash High are two different teams, but they didn't have a lot of big big plays down the field. And with that, you know, I feel like they might grind some clock, especially in the triple option. I still think they win by, you know, about twenty points. But I just I don't see them scoring you know forty fifty points in this game. All right, and then let's move into the Big Eight now. Starting off with West Mifflin at Belvernon. Belvernon coming off that huge win at McKeesport. Some are saying it was the upset of the week against McKeesport moving down from 5A. Um, West Mifflin still, you know, if they didn't score a point against Thomas Jefferson, but I'm not going to hold that against them because Thomas Jefferson looks, once again, very, very good this year. Um, West Mifflin hitting the road for the first time this season. 23-point favorites for Bell Vernon. For this one, you know, Bell Vernon's offense was pretty good against McKeesport. I mean, they missed a lot of opportunities in the red zone, and that kind of hurt them. But, you know, their defense was really stood out. So I think this might be a little bit of a lower-scoring game because West Mifflin, you know, Nikai Johnson, obviously, on that side of the ball. So I And, of course, Bell Vernon might be looking ahead a little bit to Thomas Jefferson this weekend. So I think Bell Vernon still gets it. I think they might even shut out West Mifflin on offense, but... I think they'll win this probably like 21 nothing, a similar score to McKeesport. So I'm just going to go slightly under for Bell Vernon. Uh, I'm going to go over. I think Bell Vernon rolls against a weaker West Mifflin team cons- compared to years past. I uh, still have a bright spot in Nakai Johnson, but um, I, I still just I just think I just think Bell Vernon is going to roll through. Um, yeah, I, I think Bell Vernon rolls, and uh, I think this is the best chance the Leopards have in a while of beating TJ. So, uh, but that's looking a little ahead. So, I'll give me the over. Um, I, I just from what I saw last week from Bell Vernon, I I think I'll just roll through this West Mifflin team. All right, and then two teams that are a little reeling from last weekend are playing each other now. Laurel Highlands returns home after getting shut out by Albert Gallatin. Uh, Rodney Callagher switched switched times between receiver and quarterback. Um, I think he only had something like 11 yards on six carries at quarterback. It's something not great. Um, Ringgold lost to Trinity in a game that was not as close as the score indicated. Uh, Laurel Highlands are six-point favorites, and I I gotta have faith in Rodney Gallagher that he's better than what he showed last week, um, and I have a lot of faith in you know what Coach Colsar is doing over there, and that he's going to be able to turn this team around against a weaker Ringgold team. So I'm taking the over at six. Yeah, I agree. Ronnie Gallagher's got to show me something. I I mean I don't know what happened at all last week against AG. Maybe AG's just that much better than years past, but. Um, I look for Ronnie Gallagher to have a huge bounce-back game, um, taking the over. I think Gallagher has 100 yards rushing. I'm going to agree with you. I, just just with everything you said, carbon copy, I, I, 
I think Rodney Gallagher will just we'll figure it out this week, and so will Laurel Highlands. And then moving into the last two games here, Thomas Jefferson at Trinity, TJ, 28-point favorites, the max spread. Um, over, I mean, Jake Pugh just balling against West Mifflin last weekend, and I think he's going to do it this week and more. So give me the over for the Jags. Over. That's that's pretty much it, Over. Yeah, this game will be over just before kickoff starts. So, um, yeah, I think they win 63-zip. And then one of the most intriguing games this weekend, partially because I don't know a lot about Newcastle, uh, but Newcastle visits McKeesport. McKeesport, I don't know if Asad Robinson will be on the field. Hopefully he will be for them because having him in that offense is huge for them. Um, And then Newcastle, I think they made the playoffs last year. they're 10-point favorites. I think, you know, I still have faith in the McKeesport defense. They they really um, showed a lot of skill against Belvern, and even though they lost, you know, they held them to six points for just about the entirety of that game until a long drive led Belvern to increase their score, and then the pick six happened after that. So I, I, I still have a lot of faith in McKeesport's defense, and that's why I think this is going to be a lower-scoring game. So I'm going to go with the under, but I still think Newcastle pulls up the win. Um, you know, Newcastle historically is one of the best programs in the state of Pennsylvania. Uh, second most wins in WPIL history for a program. Um, it's going to be a great game, but I'm taking McKeesport. Um, I'm taking, so I'm taking the under and win for McKeesport. Um, I just like it being at McKeesport. Uh, I think, uh, they're a little mad and angry. Of what happened against Bell Vernon, you know they 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 really want a Bell Vernon rematch in the playoffs. Twitter beef, um, yeah, a lot of Twitter beef over the weekend between those teams. But uh, yeah, I really like my Keysport this week. Um, I hope Asad Robinson's out there playing, uh, but with or without Asad Robinson, I still see McKeesport winning against Newcastle. Well, all I have to say is go Tigers. Are you taking the under and win? Yes. All right. I thought I would be the outlier there in going with the under, but apparently you guys are more bullish I'm on high the Tigers on the, I'm <laughs> high on McKeesport. I think that last week they played a good team, and they were just a little caught off guard. I think this week they'll re, they'll respond, and I think they they got a little they, there's a little bit of a match that got lit underneath them. All right, and before we turn it over to the plugs, let's go with our Amigo Alert section. So obviously we do. Every week in the recap episode, me and Jeremiah will be picking our Amigos of the Week. Um, but in our preview episodes, we will be doing Amigo Alert. Where we'll be choosing one player that we think you guys should have your eye on. So I'll go first, and I think, you know, Waynesburg going against Waynesburg's or ah, Washington going against Waynesburg Central. Uh, I think Tayshawn Levy is going to have a big breakout game. He's a probably one of their best athletes and I'm going to put him on Amigo Alert going off against Waynesburg Central this weekend yeah a guy that I thought would have been my Amigo of the Week last week um, I think like I mentioned just to mention a few seconds ago uh, he's going to have a bounce back week and I'm putting Rodney Gallagher on Amigo Alert I'm going to take the quarterback Jake Pugh for Thomas Jefferson He's going to throw not one, not two, not three, not four, but five touchdown passes. He'll be out of the game by halftime. 
against the Trinity Hillers. 63 nothing win for TJ. All right, those are our Amigo Alert, Amigo of the Week previews. I got to come up with a better name for that. Um, but yeah, that just about wraps up this podcast. Carter and Jeremiah, thank you for being on. Um, uh, anyone who's Go anyone Steelers. Who's... Go Lurs. All right, and the game is just about starting for you guys. 17 minutes to Monday Night Football. Go Ducks, go Chucks, Fiat Lux, baby. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, so for any of you guys listening, um, if you're listening to us on any audio app or on YouTube, uh, the video version of this podcast, um, you're in the right place. Stay here, watch more of our content if you like what we're doing. Uh, we got a pretty cool Bell Vernon recap video up, so go check that one out. Go check that one out. If you are interested in contacting us, you can do that through Facebook. You can do that through our Twitter account at PA Backyard or any one of our individual Twitter accounts at Nathan Grella, at Miller underscore J-A-Y 66, or at Carter Newcomb. Is there an underscore in there? Carter underscore Newcomb, I believe. Okay. I, I had that. I don't really even know my own Twitter handle, to be honest with you, but I'm pretty sure that's what it is. I think it's all lowercase as well. So I go follow him on there. Um, you can go check out the merch at Teespring and go represent Backyard PF Football at all of the games that we're not supposed to be attending, but people are apparently attending um, <laughs> as far as fans go. Uh, hopefully that will all be resolved this week. Uh, if the governor makes his decision soon. And then you can go check out PA Football News at pafootballnews.com for all of our articles and for more information on Pennsylvania high school football across the state. Uh, you can support us on Patreon if you like what we do and want to help us out and send a couple bucks our way. We'd be extremely grateful. We will say your name on the podcast and give you a big hug if we see you. No, we won't, because COVID exists. That's true. That's true. We'll just. I'll wait. give you. I'll give you a COVID elbow. COVID elbow. I'll give you a solid COVID elbow, like solid. I don't, a good so firm. Honest, honestly, like I don't know when people like give me like the arm. I don't know like what like direction I should like. I don't. It's just so weird. Like just, just put it sideways. Like here's the thing: is like, do I want to do like what's wrong with me? Just like let's just do a fist bump. Like we're gonna touch. Just give me a fist bump. Like it's it, like. I think it's because it's your hands and your hands are touching. Well, I don't. Face. When I pick up stuff, I usually don't use the outside of my fingers. Which, if you make a fist, your fingers are on like that's the part that touches is the outside of your fingers. I don't know who comes up with these rules, Carter. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we could do a foot dap up too. That's a good thing too. That works. It's like whip out your like your your toes and just dap each other up. The backyard PA football foot dap each other up. If you see me at the game at Friday night in Frazier, give me a foot dap up. All right, you heard Carter. <laughs> Go down the field and dap him up. <laughs> All right, that just about wraps up our podcast. Uh, these guys are eager to go watch the Steelers, and I'm eager to go eat something. So for all of us here at Backyard Pay of Football, thank you guys for listening. I'm Nathan Grella. I'm, I'm Jeremiah Miller. I'm Carter Newcomb. All right, and we will see you guys on Saturday after this weekend's games. See ya. You've been listening to the Backyard PA Football Podcast with Nathan Grella and Jeremiah Miller. Contact us on Facebook, Twitter, or through email. Support us on Patreon. And check out some merch on Teespring. Thank you for listening.
You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.